Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakkalu alayhi wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina wa min sayyati amalina man yahdihillahu falamudillalahu wa man yudlilhu falahadiyalah wa nashhadu an la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika lah wa nashhadu anna sayyidana wa nabiyyana wa maulana muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama tasliman kathiran kathira amma ba'du fa'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim bismillahirrahmanir rahim ulaika alladhina hadallahu fa bihudahu muqtadih qul la as'alukum alayhi ajra in huwa illa dhikra lil'alamin صدق الله صدق الله مولانا العظيم صدق رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين my respected mothers and sisters in islam allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this verse of the quran says that these are the pious people who allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has guided then follow such people. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us role models in life. And if a person follows these role models, then he will be successful in life. In the quran Kareem, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the azwaja mutahrat, the noble wives of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Allah ta'ala says, Ya Nisa al-Nabi, May ya'ti min kunna bi fahishatim mubayyinati yugu'af laha al-a'adhaabu du'ifayn wa kana thalika ala Allah yasira. All the wives of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam if any of you have to do any action which is against the normal, the norm, which is a bit of immoral, evil actions, Fahisha Samulama say it means uh, committing acts of immorality. Some say it means that those women who are but harsh towards their husbands, they speak in a vulgar language. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the punishment for them will be double. And the ulama say the reason for this is because those were the women. The, the wives of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa who were to be a role model for all the people till the day of Qiyamah. So that is why the level of their akhlaq and character and their actions were supposed to have been an exa- uh, the, the, of the highest level. And that is why the verse after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that if you are obedient to Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then Allah will give double the reward to you people because you will be an example for all the people till the day of Qiyamah. From the wives of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the first wife was Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu anha. Her title was Ummu Hind. And she was normally known as Tahira. Tahira means the one who is pure. From a young age, uh, when she became mature, she was referred to as Tahira, the purified, because of her good conduct, her good akhlaq and character, the chastity and morality which she had within herself. So people regarded her as Tahira. Her father's name was Khuwailid and her mother's name was Fatima. Her mother's name was Fatima and her final daughter's name was also Fatima. So anyhow, her father was a distinguished person of his tribe. He went to settle in Makkah, Mukarramah, and he got married to Fatima. And she gave birth to Khadija radiallahu anha 15 years before the year of the elephants, when the elephants of Nabraha came with his army and were destroyed. Her father wanted her to get married with his nephew, Waraka ibn Nawfal. He was a very great alim of the, of the scriptures of, the, of the, the, the Bible and the Torah. But this did not mature. 
and she eventually got married to Abu Hala. In one battle, the battle of Fujar, her father and her husband, they both passed away. They were killed in the battle. This happened 20 years after the year of the elephant. So anyhow, Khadija radiallahu anha must have been about 25 at that age when her husband had passed away and uh, 35 she was, 35 years old when her husband and father had passed away. So now she was greatly handicapped in her business due to the death of her father and husband. In those times, Khadija radiallahu anha was a very great businesswoman, but a businesswoman meant that she stayed within her home. She stayed in her house and she would have her husband helping her, her father helping and assisting her to do her business. And they would have people who would supervise their businesses. The women would not go out of the houses, the, the, the ordinary, the normal women, the women of, of noble nature, they would remain within their homes. As Allah Ta'ala says, وَقَرْنَ fi buyutikunna." O wives of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, remain within your homes. This is ideal for you. There is the most amount of protection for you. There is safety for you. There is chastity for you. There is protection for you. So anyhow, Azrat Khadija radiallahu anha, now her husband had passed away. Her father had passed away. So she was looking for someone to supervise her business. Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu anha heard about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Abu Talib, he wanted to give some capital to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam uh, to go for a, uh, for, a, for a trade caravan. So Khadija radiallahu anha, she heard about this year that he wants to send out Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for some business. So she, she learned of his intention. She sent a message that can he take my caravan going out for Syria for trade. So he agreed and they joined the caravan. And Maysara, her slave, he was the one who was in charge of this. They went on to Basra. And the profits which Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa earned on this trade mission was much more than on the earlier occasions. So when Maysara came back, he told Khadija radiallahu anha that you know this man is a very great man and he's got such great qualities. So when she heard about this, she sent him a proposal for marriage. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa agreed to the proposal. He was only 25 years old and Khadija radiallahu anha was 40 years old. And this took place 15 years before the Nabuat. What akhlaq Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had. So anyhow, on a fixed date, Abu Talib, together with uh, the nobles of the Quraysh, including Sayyidah Hamza radiallahu anhu, they came to the house of Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu anha. Abu Talib read out the sermon, the khutbah of nikah, and the dowry was at 500 gold dir dirhams. Khadija radiallahu anha, she joined Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as his wife. And they remained like this. Uh, this was 15 years before Nabuat, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam got. But anyhow, Khadija radiallahu anha, according to some ulama, she was aware that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is going to become a Nabi. She had got some, somebody had informed her that this man eventually will become a Nabi of Allah. That is the reason why Khadija radiallahu anha actually proposed to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wallahu alam. So anyhow, after 15 years of marriage, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam became 40 years of age. Then at that time Nabuwat and Wahi came to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the first person to embrace Islam was the wife of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu anha and she did so without any, any hesitation. In Bukhari Sharif in great detail this incident is mentioned Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha herself is narrating 
that the revelations which came to Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam started with dreams for about six months. Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam was getting some dreams. So then Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam would go to a cave called Cave of Hira, and he would go and sit in solitude, making atikaf there for a few days. He would engage himself in in dua, in salah, whatever it was at that time. He hadn't got wahi. Maybe Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, the Arabs, the way of uh, the tariqah and way of, of ibadat, he would do so. When his provisions would uh, finish, he would return home, take some food, and then go back. And according to certain narrations, Hazrat Khadija radiallahu anha himself, when she would realize that my husband's uh, provisions have come to an end, Nabi sallallahu alayhi was staying for 40 days on the mountains, she herself would go. Now imagine if Nabi sallallahu alayhi was 40 years old, and Khadija radiallahu anha was 15 years older than him. So she was 55 at that age, at that time. And she would climb, climb the Mount of Hira. If anybody goes to Makkah Mukarramah and you go, go to Hira, and we try to climb the mountain, it takes approximately two hours. And that is with all the steps and the ease they have made it in, made it in today's times. And from the cave of Hira, you can actually see the Haram. You can see the Kaaba Sharif, I don't know now, with all the tall buildings. But before you could very clearly see it, and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would sit and look at the Kaaba Sharif and make the worship of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. But she herself, in her age of 55, she would climb the mountain and go and take food for Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. She would prepare the food and go and give it to him. Then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam remained engaged in this meditation. One day he saw an angel coming before him and said, read, Iqra. He said, I cannot read. The angel braced him again and said, read. Again he said, I cannot read. I'm an illiterate person. Three times this was repeated, and then the angel said, "Iqra bismi Rabbika aladhi khalaq khalaq al-insan min alaq iqra wa Rabbika al-akram aladhi adrama bin qalam alam al-insan maalam yalam." Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam became shocked, frightened. He rushed home, and the first thing a husband will go to if he's got that love and connection with his wife, he knows he will get comfort from his wife. He comes to Khadija radiyallahu anha, wrap me up, wrap me up, zamiluni, dathiruni. She wrapped him up. And then when the awe subsided, the fear subsided, he explained the whole incident to her. And she said, and he said to her, I fear for my life. Khadija radiallahu anha replied, do not worry in the least. Allah will never leave you alone because you always do good to your relatives. You help the needy and the wretched and the people in difficulty. You host your guests cheerfully and you always side with justice and right in the times of trial. He said, if you've got such akhlaq and character, Allah will never leave you and Allah will never destroy you. La Allah, Allah will never disgrace you in the least, but because you do good to your relatives. Ihsan, to be kind to one's relatives is a quality of akhlaq and character. To help the needy and the poor and the destitute. To host your guests, you host your guests. This was a quality amongst the Arab people, of hosting people. Subhanallah, this is a very great quality also uh, to have the the, the ability within oneself to host guests today it has become very common amongst people they do not have this jazba, this feeling within themselves to host to honor whereas Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said a person who believes in Allah on the day of qiyamah he must honor his guests he must feel actually happy I remember many years ago I went to Pakistan and I went to some family person's house and uh, they prepared so much for us. So I felt embarrassed that this person had went out of his way. So I had some money with me and I wanted to give him a hadiyah and a present that, uh, because they had done so much for me. He became very upset with me. And he said, that how can you give me? You are my guest. 
It is an honor for me that you have come to my house. It is an honor for me that you have come to my house. That is why I, uh, he, then he said, I want to give you money. Just because you came to my house as a guest, you have brought barakah and blessings in my house. So now I want to give you a gift. And whatever money I wanted to give him as a hadiah, he gave me that amount and a double, he gave me the, that same amount back as a, as a hadiah and a gift. So what qualities they had is the quality of serving people, looking after people, hosting people. SubhanAllah, this is the quality of a person of Iman. Allah says, Whoever believes in Allah in the day of Qiyamah, then he will honor his guest. So Hazrat Khadija radiallahu anha told Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa you host your guests cheerfully and you always side with justice and right in times of trial. She then took him to her cousin Waraka, son of Nofal. He was a Christian. He was a same person she wanted to get married to originally. He knew Hebrew and he used to write the, the Bible in Hebrew. He had become old and blind. Khadija radiallahu anha said to Waraka ibn Nofal, listen to what your nephew has to say. So Waraka said, oh my nephew, what do you say? What did you see? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explained to him what had happened to him. Waraka said to him, this is the same angel, Jibreel, who had come to Musa alayhi salam. I wish I could love to help you when your people will throw you out of your house. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, will they throw me out of my house? Waraka said, yes, definitely. Whenever a man receives revelation, the whole world will turn against him. If I left by, by that time, I will help you greatly. But after a short while, Waraka passed away. And the revelation did not come down for a short for, for some while. So anyhow, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the first person to accept Islam in the hands of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was a woman. And she was the one who gave support to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What support she gave to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? First, salahs in the beginning part of Islam, there was two farah salahs, Fajr and Asr salah, and then Tahajjud salat. There wasn't the five times of salat. Khadija radiallahu anha passed away before the five salahs became farahs. So anyhow, uh, she was not only the first person to accept Islam, but she continued to be the most active and devoted supporter of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It was due to her great influence that the non-Muslims were reluctant to harm and persecute Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the first few years of Islam. Two great supports Nabi sallallahu alayhi had. One was Abu Talib, his uncle, who was not a Muslim, and the other was Khadija radiallahu anha. After, whenever the people used to trouble him, and they used to cause him grief. And they used to reject what Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was saying. When he would come to her, she would remove and, uh, the distress which Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was going under. And she would comfort him. Subhanallah, in the seventh year of Hijri, of, of Nabuat, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his entire family, including Abu Talib, wasn't a Muslim. They were forced by the disbelievers of Makkah Mukarramah, out of Makkah Mukarramah to go and stay in the place where they were living, they were taken out. There was a place called Sha'bi Abi Talib, a, uh, a place uh, like a, a valley of Abu Talib. And for three years, they remained in the state of siege. And during this period, Khadija radiallahu anha, we can imagine her age. She's now in her 60s, maybe about 63 or so. And she stayed in the company of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa the end of her life. Living conditions were very difficult. Food was scarce. At times there was nothing to satisfy the hunger and the only thing which they could eat was the leaves of the Talha tree. Even in those hard occasions when some food reached them through the influence of Khadija radiallahu anha uh, because they, they, they had, she had a lot of status amongst the Quraysh people so she managed to get some food 
or she had some family people. So whatever little bit of food would come, they would come through Khadija radiallahu anha. So anyhow, she lived with Nabi sallallahu alaihi all together for 25 years. In the 10th year of Hijrat, when they came out of the, the valley, in the same year, in the month of Ramadan, she passed away. She was 64 years old and six months of age. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa buried her. There was no janazah namaz at that time. And when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa called that year, Yawmul Huzan, the, day, the year of grief, because of Khadija radiallahu anha passing away, Abu Tari passed away. Then eventually Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa went to visit Taif. So whatever, whichever Muslim comes in the world till the day of Qiyamah, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa will get the full reward but equally sharing in the reward will be Hazrat Khadija radiallahu anha that the sacrifices which she had made for Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa how she helped and assisted him whatever deen there is in the world today is because of the support which he had given to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Khadija radiallahu anha how many children she had she had before Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam she got married, she had two sons, Hala and Hind, when she was married to Abu Hala. And then she got, her husband passed away, she got another husband. His name was Atik. She had one daughter by the name of Hind. And then she got married to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam after the age of 40. And after the age of 40, she had six children. Nowadays, a woman after she gets, she reaches the age of 30, she says, I'm too old now. I've already had two children, three children. Never ever. It's a famous, like a joke, but it's a true story. One person in parliament in India, so they said that, After having one child, not now. And after having two children, never ever. So one Muslim person in parliament stood up. And he said, This by you people. Our Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, get married to those women who will give abundance of children. On the day of Qiyamah, I will have pride. I will have been honored that these women have given birth to so many children. Because this will be a sadaqah, a jariah for those women also. Every child who comes in this world with iman and how many children they have got and their progeny will continue. And that woman who had taught them and made them Muslims, uh, how many more children she's got, the more reward she will get. So he said, Hamari yaha ek ke baad abhi abhi. Or this ke baad kabi kabi. He said, for us here, after one, next child is coming. After one, next child is coming. And after 10 children, then occasionally we get children. So anyhow, this was an honor in the past. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala mentions regarding the women folk or the people, they have pride over their children. I've got so many children. And a woman of great honor and respect in the past was regarded a woman who had many children. My great-grandmother, she had 21 children. Uh, 21 children she had. So this was very common in the past. Unfortunately today, with the whole changing of my, my mindsets, one is the weakness of the body. This is understandable. A person is weak. The foods we are eating and our bodies have become weak. But where people don't like to have children, they feel it an embarrassment. So this is not the Islamic way, an Islamic system. It is an honor for a woman to have a child. And subhanAllah, our Buzruks mentioned, our elders mentioned, they say that today women want to go and work in factories and they want to make soap and they want to make cars. These are all things, and these are of not much value. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given the woman the greatest factory, and the factory of the woman is in the womb of the mother, is the womb of the, of the lady. And Allah has made her that she must nurture the quality of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-khaliq, al-bari, al-musawwir. Allah is the one who creates. 
without any example from before. And then Allah Ta'ala perfects and shapes the body. And Allah gives a form to the body. And all of this, the only being, the only people who are given this great fortune and this honor is the women folk. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has not given the men the great honor of creation, which is the quality of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And Allah has given it only to the women folk in the womb of the mother when the child is being formed and nurtured. Allah Ta'ala's special tajalli, Allah Ta'ala's special quality of khalq is being placed into the woman. And then Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, uh, when a woman is, when the child is born, then Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has given her the greatest responsibility of looking after insan, nurturing and bringing up human beings, not animals, not soap, not cars. These are all things, and they are made, uh, they are like, uh, they're all made of plastic, they're made of steel. These are for the men. They must go out and work and do all of these things. But for the men, Allah has given them that my greatest creation, human beings, you must nurture them. You are, you've got the greatest factory within yourself, the factory to create human beings, which is insana fi The best of Allah's creation is the creation of human beings. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given the woman this honor to bring up the human beings, to give birth to a human being, and thereafter to bring up that human being. So Khadija radiallahu anha had six children thereafter from Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. After the age of 40, all the children were born one year apart. And Khadija radiallahu anha, she had a lot of love for her children. And what I would like to, to mention, the tarbiyat and the upbringing of her children, even though they were at a small age, but this is one quality a mother has. And throughout history we find that behind every successful man, there is a successful woman, or there is a woman who had taqwa, who had piety, and because of that, we find the, the children which were born, or the husbands, they were able to do great khidmat of deen. This is because how much of uh, assistance and help the women folk gave to their husbands. Khadija radiallahu anha, what great virtues and status she has got. That after the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam declared his prophetic mission, the voice of Khadija radiallahu anha was the first, the only, and the solitary voice which supported the mission of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And she was the second person which got illuminated with the light of Islam. Uh, before Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam even gave, he said Nabuat. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa one day said, By Allah, I will never worship Lat and Uzza. She said, let Lat be away, let Uzza be away. Do not even make a mention of them. She also herself, uh, she, she was, had hatred for this idol worship even before the coming of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Ibn Hisham has mentioned that she was a true minister, wazir, and a sincere advisor of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in his arduous mission of spreading Islam. And in spite of her high social status and her wealth, she personally attended to the personal needs of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam and served him devotedly. She served Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam herself. And this is one quality a woman must bring within her life, and that is a life of khidmat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, khidmat se khuda milega. When a person has got the quality of khidmat, by khidmat a person will get Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is one outstanding quality which is found in women, that they've got this quality of khidmat within themselves. This is a quality we should not feel embarrassed and shy, but we must have this, that I must serve my husband, I must serve my family members, I must serve my in-laws, I must serve my parents. And that person who has got the quality of service, of service, uh, service, service to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and service to human beings, this person will go very far in life. This person, Allah will honor that person in this dunya also, and Allah Ta'ala will honor that person in the year after. So anyhow, uh, she used to make khidmat of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and once Jibreel Alayhi Salatu Wasallam came 
and he gave salams from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for Khadija radiallahu anha. What an honor that she was given salams from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanallah. Once Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam after she passed away, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam during her while he was married to her, he never got married to anyone else. And after she passed away, many times he would mention her noble qualities. He would send presents and uh, food to her friends also. Aisha radiallahu anha says, though I had never seen her, yet I envied her more than anyone else because Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned her often. Once he actually said that Allah Ta'ala has given me her love. I've got love in my heart for her. So Khadija radiallahu anha said, oh Nabi of Allah, so often you mention an old lady. She's not alive anymore. And Allah has given you better wives. On hearing this, Nabi Salaam said, Oh, Aisha, no. Never had a, a better wife. Khadija radiallahu anha helped my mission. She embraced Islam when people at large falsified my mission. She helped and supported me when I had no helper and supporter against the pagans. And I also remember her. She's the mother of my children. Subhanallah. That is why Nabi Salaam said, The best of the women in the world are Maryam radiallahu anha the daughter of Imran, and Khadija, the daughter of Walid. In one hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the four best women of Jannah are Khadija bint Khuwailid, Fatima bint Muhammad, and Maryam, ibn, uh, Maryam, the daughter of Imran, and Asiya, the wife of Fir'aun. And these are the ones who are the greatest, uh, the, the best four women of Jannah. Subhanallah, this was the khidmat and service which she had given to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Once Jibreel alayhi salatu was sitting with Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Khadija radiallahu anha came akin there. Jibreel alayhi salatu was said to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that give her glad tidings of a house in Jannah min qasabin of such a, a palace there will not be any noise in that place and there will not be any tiredness, no hard work and labor. Give her the glad tidings. They say Khadija radiallahu anha was a woman who did not like so much of noise so that is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us such a house in Jannah in which there will be no noise. And because of the tightness and the sacrifice which he had made for Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that is why she will get a very high place in Jannah and a very great comfort. So anyhow, this was the mother and how, the, of Fatima radiallahu anha. And Fatima radiallahu anha, now what terbiyat, how she must have been brought up in the house of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. She was five years old when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa got Nabuat. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was 35 years old at the age of 40 he got Nabuat. She was, he was 35 years old when, he, when, when, when she was born. That means her mother Khadija radiallahu anha was 50 years old uh, when she gave birth to Hazrat Fatima radiallahu anha. She was the youngest Muslim in Islam at that time. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa had a lot of love for her. From the time she was born until five years old, she used to see her father climb up the cave and her mother would also take her up when to, to see her father while in the cave. She would see her mother giving her food to the, to the father and she would comfort him and then they would return. She was there also when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he started crying, Dathiruni, cover me up, cover me up. And she also was there when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Yet, O Banu Hashim, save yourself from the fire of Jahannam. O Banu Abdul Muttalib, save yourself from the fire of Jahannam. O Fatima, the daughter of Muhammad, save yourself from the fire of Jahannam. I cannot benefit you before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. She was only about five or eight years old at that time. And then she decided, I must become a Muslim. 
and help my father and not just simply be the daughter of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. She lived for a very young age. She passed away at a very young age. 29 years old she passed away. But Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that she will be the queen of Jannah. She will be the queen of Jannah. At the age of 29 she passed away. What quality she must have had that she had got uh, she became the, the queen of Jannah. In one hadith Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam somebody asked Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam which of your family member is most beloved to you? He said, the most beloved of my family is Fatima, the daughter of Muhammad. In one hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, Fatima to Buddha to Minni, that Fatima is my a portion of me. Why did Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said this year? Once he asked the men that, what is the best for a woman and what is the best for a man? So they did not know. So then, Fatima radiallahu anha, uh, when Ali radiallahu anhu comes home he asks her and Fatima radiallahu anhu says that the best thing for a woman is that no man must ever look at her and the best thing for a woman is that she must not look at any man when Ali radiallahu anhu goes and conveys, conveys this to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said Fatima to Buddha to Minni Fatima is a portion of me she has understood exactly what is in my heart few beautiful qualities which was found in the life of Fatima radiallahu anha, we should try to bring these, life, these qualities into our life. We see about Khadija radiallahu anha, the support and the love which she gave to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the other quality is the upbringing of her children. Children, al-waladu sirrun li-abihi. The child is the secret of the parents. If you want to see what, the, what is in the heart of the parents, then you must look in the child. Many times, unfortunately, we find that we've got the love of kufr in our hearts, the non-believers in our hearts. So my, myself, I'm wearing burqa, I'm covering my whole body. But my small child, because if I'm wearing uh, open clothing, I'm wearing jeans, I'm wearing tops, people will say, what, what's wrong with this? this she's alima, she's supposed to be a pious lady, she's a tablighi, a Sufi, and she's wearing this kind of clothing. So what the mother does now, because she's got the love of kufar in her heart, so she cannot wear it herself, but she will put it on for a small child. She will put on the clothing of the Jews and the Christians, the hairstyle of the Jews and the Christians, instead of bringing from a small age, bringing our children up with a scarf, covering their body full, arms closed. And subhanAllah, ulama say that the hair is the entrance of shaitan to the body of a person. Many times we get our young girls who get affected by jinnat, by shayatween entering into them, and how much of problems we have there after years and years it takes to remove the evil effects of it. And the cause of this is we are not covering the hair of our children. Whenever, if we got daughters especially, boys also, but especially daughters, Make sure whenever they leave their homes, when they go out in somewhere, the hay is covered. So inshallah, by means of this, there will be protection for them from the shayatween entering into their minds, into their heads. And so many people became affected. Jadu and uh, black magic and jinnatu affect people. They got affected by it. And one of the main causes is the hay is left open. And then people's nazar fall on the child. Child doesn't sleep the whole night. Then we have to suffer but because we left the hair open. So the hair of the child should be covered. Our own hair also. The stories mentioned of Hazrat Khadija radiallahu anha when Jibreel came, then Khadija radiallahu anha was sitting with Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was still but frightened but worried. So Khadija radiallahu anha said, There's no need to worry. And she removed her scarf. As soon as she removed the scarf, Jibreel went away. Then she told Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, The person who is speaking to you, giving you a revelation, is he here or is he gone away? Nabi said, Immediately he went away. He felt shy. You removed your scarf. Khadija radiallahu anha said, Then this is an angel. It's not a shaitan. If it was a shaitan, he would have come closer. He would have seen the hair is open. 
But he moved away, he chose his angel. So Jibreel does not go in front of those women folk who leave their hair open also. He is of that, that nature that he feels uncomfortable. So anyhow, Jibreel went away. So the qualities which was found in the, in the tarbiyat, which Khadija brought in her daughter, and this made her a great person. So what qualities she had within herself? One was the love for her parents, and her father passed away. Then um, her mother passed away. So then now she only had a father to look after, to look after her. And uh, what love she had for Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and what love Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had for her. Whenever Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would come back from a journey, then he would stand up. Uh, he, would, he would come and meet his daughter before going to his wives also. He would come to meet, meet his daughter. And Fatima radiallahu anha, when she would come to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he would stand up and welcome her. He would take her hand. He would kiss her hand and make her sit in his place. So much of love that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, whenever he comes, another narration, when she entered upon him, he would stand up to greet her. He would kiss her on her hand, welcome her, and she would do the same for him. And when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he went through difficulty. Once he came back from a, a battle, he entered the masjid to perform two rakats of salat. And then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi went to his daughter's house before going to his wife's house. So when she came there, she started kissing Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi on his face and his eyes. And then she started crying. Then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi asked her, why are you? What is making you cry? She said, oh Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi I see your face is so pale and your clothing is so tattered. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi said, oh Fatima, do not weep. Allah has sent your father with a deen by means of which he will enter honor or disgrace into every baked and unbaked home and every skin tent on the surface of the earth. That means those who will accept Islam will have honor and the others will have disgrace. This deen will reach wherever the night reaches. That means this deen will reach everywhere. Once, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was performing salat in the Masjid Haram. Seven members of the Quraysh came and they were severe enemies. So Abu Jahl asked them, who will go and fetch the entrails of a camel, the dirt, the orgery of the camel, and throw it on the back of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So Uqba ibn Abi Mu'id, he went there and he threw it on the shoulders of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam couldn't stand up. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu says, I was standing there, I was frightened. I couldn't see anyone, there was no one to protect me. If I went there, seven of them would have attacked me. So as I was leaving, he says, the daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Fatima radiallahu anha, heard about the incident and she came there. After she removed the filth from Nabi sallallahu alayhi shoulders, she turned to the members of the Quraysh and she admonished them. None of them were able to give her a reply. Then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa lifted up his head as he normally lifted it up after sajda. And when he finished his salah, he said, Oh Allah Ta'ala, you deal with the Quraysh, deal with Udba, Uqba, Abu Jahal and Shaiba. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made his dua and three times and then he left this masjid. SubhanAllah. So look at Fatima radiallahu anha, that how much of love she had for her father that she actually went and she removed the difficulty which Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was undergoing. Once Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the ayat of the Quran came Then he told, he told Fatima radiallahu anha This tells me I'm going to be passing away soon She started crying Then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Consoled her and said Oh my daughter do not cry You will be the first of my family to meet me Then she started laughing She was so happy Because I will go and meet my, 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 my beloved father And then you know, and it happened So that after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Passed away then six months later Fatima radiallahu anha passed away 
When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was about to leave this world, Fatima radiallahu anha started crying. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said to her, Do not weep, my dear daughter. When I leave this world and pass on, say, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. Because by reciting these words, a person will receive something in return for every calamity. So Fatima radiallahu anha was surprised, O oh, Nabi of Allah, even in return for losing you, we will get something. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, even return for losing me. So anyhow, this was the quality of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That, uh, I mean, the quality of Fatima radiallahu anha, the love which she had for, for her father. So these are the qualities we must have within ourselves also. The second quality which Fatima radiallahu anha had was the love for deen. And how she lived with her husband, how she lived with her family, will create simplicity in her life. Very great simplicity. So once uh, Fatima radiallahu anha, uh, they, she, she was at home, she was working very hard, it was extremely difficult for her. She used to do all the housework because when she got married, then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa told Fatima radiallahu anha that, oh Fatima, the outside work is your work. I mean, the inside work is your work. And the outside work is the work of Fatima radiallahu anha, of Ali radiallahu anha. The woman, the man will work outside and Fatima, you must work in the house. And this is the system which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created. If we follow the system of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a lot of goodness will come into our life. Today, unfortunately, there is a effort made in the whole world that uh, I must, they, they want the, the women folk to become like a man. A woman must become a man. Whereas, this has caused so much of confusion in the West. Men and women are not the same. Allah has created each one with their own features and characteristics. Their roles are not competitive, but they are complementary. There was a lady from America by the name of Maryam Jamila. She was a Jewish lady. She accepted Islam. She wrote many kitabs on Islam. And she was a revert and she writes. She writes, this was many, many years ago. She passed away. She says, equality of men and women is meaningless in Islam. It is like discussing the equality of a rose and a jasmine. Each one has his own color, beauty, shape, and perfume. Men and women are not the same. Each have their own features and characteristics. Their roles are not competitive, but complementary. Allah has made each one and given them duties in keeping with their nature. She said even statistics oppose the idea of gender equality. Studies show that prior to 1950, men suffered more mental and psychological problems compared to women folk. For every seven men diagnosed as mentally ill, only two women were diagnosed with the same problem. After 1950, when this equality started and this woman's love, the figures changed. 22 women were having mental problems compared to two men. This was because of the change of roles. Women were forced to leave their homes and enter into factories and offices. They were subjected to self-analysis and competition. They were overburdened by being forced to work outside the home as well as inside. They had to make it in a man's world by using all of their natural feminine qualities, beauty, gentleness, and the dre dressing that you start wearing. And they had to bring masculine qualities, which are unnatural to their makeup. You force women to come out into the commercial world, it may let them into psychological turmoil. He says, gender equality makes no sense to me. If women are granted leave for work for six months maternity leave in a gender equal society, is it fair to ask why men are not allowed the same privilege? Does this not give women an unfair advantage over men? Even logic teaches us that every woman cannot be equal to every other woman. 
A nurse cannot be equal to a Montessori teacher. They cannot simply re reverse their roles. When members of the same gender are not equal, how can we expect opposite genders to be equal? Look at history. Great generals of Islam like Khalid ibn Walid, Salahuddin Ayyubi, and Muhammad bin Qasim, they were all men. Names of women are completely absent from this list of generals because they do not match the physical strength of men. On the other hand, if they're all the greatest men of the world, they combine all the skills together, they will never be able to match the qualities of an ordinary, ordinary mother because men lack the compassion of women. We know she's a non-Muslim woman who accepted Islam is writing. We know for a fact that men and women are different physically and at, uh, and, uh, and atomically and biochemically. Their biological makeup and genes causes women to have feminine qualities and men to have masculine qualities. When scientists began to injecting male hormone testosterones into, into the females, they began to develop masculine qualities. Even studies have found that the IQ levels are different. Because Allah Ta'ala has made different dimensions in life, so in some areas men are stronger than women, and in other areas women are stronger than men. So uh, women caught those, Allah Ta'ala has made it such that men we require strong people and uh, people who will use their minds and uh, to administrate things. And on the other hand, we require caring mothers, loving wives, and efficient housekeepers. A woman excels in those fields which conform to her feminine nature, such as nursing, teaching, and dealing with children, because Allah has placed within herself the feelings of love, sympathy, compassion, and caring. She is gentle and tender. Her loyalty is beyond measure. She unselfishly sacrifices her pleasures and luxuries for others. She nurses her family even if she is ill. She feeds them even if she has to remain hungry. And she forgoes her sleep for their benefit. Human psychology teaches us that woman is more emotional than a man. This suits her role as a homekeeper, homemaker, because emotional sentiments are required for the upbringing of children. In a home situation, a woman is not expected to respond to her child's call after intellectual thoughts. She must start thinking now, is it beneficial, not beneficial? She, her response has to be prompt, instantaneous, and she fits this mold perfectly. In contrast, in the outside world of business, politics, war, industrial planning, security, etc., men have to deal with situations based on their physical and mental strength. That is why men are by nature more aggressive, more adventurous, more assertive. On the other hand, with regards to spirituality, men and women are equal in Islam. They both have brains, hearts, and intellects to differentiate between right and wrong. Every one of them has got the capability of acquiring the highest stages of spiritual perfection, and the purpose on earth is the same, to obey and please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Quran and Sunnah state that both men and women are responsible for reforming and improving the morals of the society they are part of. They both need to encourage good, forbid evil, practice on good morals, display good character and spend in charity. She says, however, despite their overall purpose in life being the same, their rights and responsibilities are different. Allah has got a balanced distribution where men and women complement each other in their roles. Men have to go out and earn a living, and women need to manage their home and raise their children. This is the perfect system which Allah Ta'ala has created. Because justice demands that the gender which has been chosen by nature by Allah to rear children should be relieved of duties in society such as earning. To force the woman folk to go out and in the economic world, and they must take the responsibilities of, uh, of the home. This actually is zulam and oppression upon them. A morally upright system is that in one 
in which it grants the woman all her rights in her own natural sphere. When a woman is forced to live like a man, then her potential for spiritual development is compromised because she can only gain closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by functioning within the framework which Allah has chosen for her. Even in Jannat, the beautiful maidens of Jannah will be different from the men. They won't be in the public space. But Allah Ta'ala says, Hurun maqsuratun fil khayam. They will also be in sheltered by tents and pavilions. So Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has given understanding her unique position in Islam. Many laws of worship apply differently to her. She is exempted from all outdoor religious obligations. She doesn't have to attend the Salat for the five daily Salat. She doesn't have to come for Jumu'ah. She doesn't have to come for Eid Salah. She doesn't come for Janazah Salah. She is exempted from performing Salah and fasting during menstruation and when bleeding after childbirth. She is exempted from fasting if it has adverse effects upon her during pregnancy and whilst breastfeeding. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant her all the rewards. One lady went to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Oh Nabi of Allah, the woman, we're feeling very bad. The men go for namaz with jama'ah, they go to the masjid, they go for uh, visiting the sick, they go for umrah and umrah, they go for hajj. So many actions they do. And we have to stay at home, look after the children. Outwardly it seems so boring. But Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, go and tell the woman folk that whatever they are doing in the homes, they are getting a full reward of what their husbands are getting. The husband has to make all of the sacrifice, but she is the, the, the support behind the husband and that full reward she will be get, uh, getting. When this Sahabiya heard this year, she goes back to her, the woman folk, reciting tahleel and takbir, Allahu Akbar, la ilaha illallah, extremely happy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, according to her nature, Allah has placed in the woman easiness and comfort for her, staying within the confines of her home, and she is able to do so much. She is able to create human beings, insan, and make those children grow up and become the icons of society, the, the khadims of deen, those who will take the deen of Islam to many, many different places. Look at Khadija radiallahu anha, the children she brought up. She brought up Fatima radiallahu anha. Fatima radiallahu anha brings up her children. Subhanallah, Hazrat Ali, uh, Hazrat Hassan, Hazrat Hussein radiallahu anha, who becomes Sayyidah Shababi Ahlil Jannah, the leader of the children of the youth of Jannah. Her husband is Ali radiallahu anha. He's a lion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What and what things he had done in his life. And all of this will go to Fatima radiallahu anha, the khidmat and the service she made. Despite great difficulties they were having, once Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Fatima goes to him and she says, we are having difficulties with our domestic chores. She said, oh Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, my hands have developed calluses. I am grinding grain in the grinding stones and I'm making dough. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, if Allah intends to give you something, it will come to you by yourself. But I will tell you something better than a servant. When you go to bed at night, read subhanallah 33 times. Alhamdulillah 33 times and Allahu Akbar 34 times. This will make a hundred and it is better for you than a servant. And after Fajr Salah, you can read this dua ten times. La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lahu. Lahul mulku wa lahul hamdu wa ala kulli shayin qadir. And ten times after Maghrib Salah. Every time these words are recited, the reward of ten good deeds are recorded and ten sins are forgiven. Each one is as virtuous as freeing a slave from the progeny of Ismail and every day sin committed that day besides shirk will be forgiven if you read la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lahu it will offer protection from every shaitan and evil from the time you recite it in the morning until again you recite it in the, in the evening so this is what Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa he taught her this is called Tazbiyah Fatimi and because of the sacrifice of Fatima radiallahu anhu we are given this great honor ulama say that this will give strength to a person. Physical strength also will be given to a person when we will recite this 
tasbih and Fatimi before a person sleeps. Another quality which was found by Fatima radiallahu anha is that she had a quality of simplicity. Subhanallah, what simplicity was found in their lives? How they lived? Well, what great difficulties? And the, the ideal was the marriage of Fatima radiallahu anha to Hazrat Ali radiallahu anha. She did not demand, I want a big wedding and uh, all of these things, unfortunately, how today. Really, we must follow the example of Fatima radiallahu anha in our nikahs. When the marriage proposal for Fatima was sent to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So, one person went to Ali radiallahu anhu and said, do you know somebody sent a proposal for Fatima? So I said, I, di I didn't know. So he said, why don't you go ask Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and also tell him you want to get married to her. So I said, do I have anything with which to marry? So my slave told me, you only have to go to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and ask him, he'll marry you to her. She continued giving my slave, continued giving me hope. Until I went to see Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But when I went there, I felt so shy. He asked me, why have you come here? Is there something you need? And he asked me, have you come to propose for Fatima? I said, yes. He said, have you got anything to give as dowry? He said, no, Nabi of Allah, I got nothing. He said, where's the suit of armor I gave you? He said, this was worth about 400 dirhams. So I told Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I still got it with me. He said, go and sell it. So as Ali radiallahu anhu goes, he meets Usman radiallahu anhu. He wants to sell it to him. Usman radiallahu pays him for the 400 and then Usman radiallahu says yeah I'm giving you as a gift he gives the 400 and I'm giving you this, this, this armor as a gift also so he gave it back to Ali radiallahu this was the love which they had amongst themselves and then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa performed the nikah it was extremely simple extremely simple the nikah and this inshallah Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said the nikah with the most amount of barakah and blessings is the one which has got the least amount of expenditure the least amount of time a simple a boy sees a girl He's happy. And the nikah is performed after the next salat. Within two, three days, no other functions, nothing else, just the nikah. And then there is one other function, which is the walima. And this is given from the boy's side. From the girl's side, there is no function at all in Islam. This was not the way of the Fatima, radiallahu anha, any of the azwajim mutuharat. The only the, the function is there is the, is the walima function. And this also, it should be simple. So anyhow, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa got them married. And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa told him, Oh, Ali, it's necessary for a walima to be hosted after cons uh, consummation. Hazrat Saad radiallahu anhu offered a sheep he owned for the meat. And then Saad collected some sars, some wheat for the bread. Then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa told him, when the night, now when you're night, uh, together, he said, don't do anything until I arrive. When he went there, he asked for some water. He performed wudu. He sprinkled some of the water on Ali radiallahu anhu and he read one dua. Allahumma barik fihima wa barik lahuma fi binaihima. And then he made dua. He threw some water on Fatima radiallahu anha. And then he made dua for her also. And Fatima radiallahu anha was feeling so shy and embarrassed, obviously, sitting by her father and her husband. This was a quality of modesty and shame which she had. They say when she came before Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa and in front of Ali radiallahu anha, she arrived covered in perspiration and taking short steps out of modesty. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa told her, relax, take it easy. I have married you to the family member who I love the most. So this was also another quality which was found in Fatima radiallahu anha. Simplicity and what did she have? They really had nothing at all. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sent Fatima radiallahu to her husband and he gave her a blanket, a water bag, and a leather pillow stuffed with the bark of a date palm. The couple slept on half of the blanket and they used the other half to cover themselves. This was what was in the house. They did not even say that, uh, you know what, I want a smart house before we get married. How much money is Ali radiallahu earning? Nothing at this. He was a pious person. My father had sent a proposal. My father was happy with the proposal. I'm prepared to get married. And in this way, Fatima radiallahu anha got married. 
This is the second quality which was found in Fatima radiallahu anha, simplicity. The third quality which was found by Fatima radiallahu anha was the quality of modesty, which I had made an indication to, towards before when, when she mentioned that the best thing for a woman is that she sees no man and no man ever sees her. And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa when he heard this, he said, Fatima is part of me. Another example of her modesty. Hazrat Asma radiallahu anha says that after Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa passed away, Asma radiallahu anha was, was the wife of Abu Bakr radiallahu anha. So she used to make the khidmat of Fatima radiallahu anha. Fatima radiallahu anha got sick. So Asma radiallahu anha was looking after her, making her khidmat, nursing her. So when Fatima radiallahu anha was about to pass away, she told to Asma, you are seeing my time is drawing closer. I'm frightened now when they will take my janaza. It won't be veiled. People will be able to see, obviously my body will be covered with five pieces of cloth, but people will still be able to see the shape of my body, the size of my body. I'm feeling too embarrassed. So Asma radiallahu anha says, you know what? In Abyssinia, when I went, I saw how they used to carry the buyers of the, the buyers of the women, the janaza. They used to put another piece of cloth over so that no one can even see the shape of the body. So she said, please show it to me. So Asma radiallahu anha asked for some thin branches of date palms to be gathered from one place near Medina Munawara. And it was made like, like a canopy just over the, over the buyer. This was the first time such a buyer was prepared. Fatima radiallahu anha, after the passing away of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa six months, she was always in a sad, mo a sad mood. This was the only time they say we saw her so happy since the demise of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa She understood that at least my body will be covered. And she made wasiyat also when I pass away, we must be buried at night. Make sure that even at night, so my body must not be seen. What was the level of haya and modesty within her? This is a quality also we have to bring within ourselves. Another one quality which was found by Fatima radiallahu anha is the quality of hunger and sacrifice. Uh, what the sacrifices, what food they had in their time. There were many times in the house they had nothing at all. But Fatima radiallahu anha, she loved, she sacrificed in the cave of uh, the Shia by Talib where they lived for three years. Fatima radiallahu anha was a small girl, 13 years old, from the age of 13 to 16. She lived in that place, eating of the leaves with the Sahaba radiallahu anha. And two months or three months later, her mother passes away. Subhanallah. What a sacrifice she had made. Many times there was no food in the house. But never Fatima radiallahu anha uh, complained. Sometimes for a few days would pass on and there would be no food in the house. But there was never ever complaining. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa made hijrat, he left his daughters behind in Makkah Mukarramah. And then eventually after some while he sent somebody to go and fetch his daughters. And eventually they all came to Medina Munawara. But what sacrifices they made and by means of their sacrifices, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them, uh, he brought deen alive. When Ali radiallahu anhu got married to Fatima radiallahu anha, all they had as a bedding was a sheepskin, which they slept on by night, and on which they served food to their camel during the day. There was no other things in the house also. So we can understand what great sacrifices they had made at that time. The, another quality which was found in Fatima radiallahu anha was love and respect for her father's wives. Uh, imagine her maturity. When she was 18 years old, Nabi Sallallahu was married to nine women. She never spoke ill of any of them or said anything displeasing to them. But she showed complete love to all of her stepmothers. And she had respect and love for her father's wives. Another quality which she had was dislike of this dunya and preference of the year after. Once Ali radiallahu was suffering from extreme hunger, he told his wife Fatima, 
go go to Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam and ask for some food. When she went to Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Hazrat Umayyah Iman radiyallahu anha was there. So hearing Fatima radiyallahu anha's knock on the door, Nabi sallam said, "This is the knock of Fatima." She came at a time we are not accustomed to seeing to having her come here to us. So Fatima radiyallahu anha said, "Oh Nabi of Allah, the food of the angels is to recite La ilaha illallah, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah. What is our food?" Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, "I take a custom by Allah subhanahu wa taala." For the last 30 days, no fire has been lit in the house of the family of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. But however, a few goats have come to us. If you want to, I will give you these five goats. Five goats. Alternatively, if you want, I shall teach you five words of du'as which Jibril alayhi salatu wasallam taught me. Immediately, Fatima radiallahu anha she had extreme hunger, but she says, "I prefer those five words which Jibril alayhi salatu wasallam taught taught you." Subhanallah, what tarbiyat was made in the house by her mother? So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, learn these words. Ya awwal al-awwaleen, ya akhar al-akhareen, ya dhal quwwati al-mateen, ya rahim al-masakeen, wa ya arham al-rahimeen. Fatima radiallahu anhu learned these words. She comes back to Ali radiallahu anhu and he says, what happened? She replied, when I left, you were to get some, something of benefit of this dunya, of this world. I returned with something to benefit us in the year after. Ali radiallahu anhu says that this is the best of your days. That you are the thing you have taken, you have chosen deen and given deen preference over dunya and the things of this world. And finally, the yaqeen in the promises of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Once a beggar came to Ali radiallahu anhu. So he, he said to his son, go and tell your mother that I left six dirhams with her. She must give that in the part of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So her son went and he came back and he said, you know Fatima radiallahu anhu, our mother says that you left the six dirhams to purchase flour. So Ali radiallahu said, no, give it in the part of Allah Ta'ala. The iman of a person cannot be true until he has more trust in that which is in Allah's hands than that which is in his hands. He then sent a message to her to send all six dirhams. Immediately it was her husband's command. She listened to her husband. This is the quality of a, a, a dutiful woman. A woman has got iman within herself. She listens to her husband. She's obedient to her husband. One lady, in the time of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, her father, her husband had gone in the part of Allah. So he told her, don't ever leave the house. Stay within the house. At that time, her father became ill. She sent a message to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that I want to go to see my father. He said, what did your husband say? He said, don't leave the house under any circumstances. The Nabi of Allah said, stay in the house. Then the father became extremely ill. He was about to pass away. The woman again sends a message to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He said, what did your husband say? He said, stay in the house. She's, she, imagine how difficult it is for a woman. And then the, husband, the father passes away. She sends a message to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He said, but your husband said, under no circumstances should you ever leave the house. Stay within the confines of your house. This is a quality of itaat and obedience. Subhanallah. But look at the benefit of this obedience. She went against her nafs and her desires. And this is the system of Allah Ta'ala. Whoever leaves out anything for the pleasure of Allah, Allah will give him something far better in return. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says that Jibreel Alayhi Salaam has, has come to me with wahi and revelation, saying that Allah Ta'ala has forgiven your father because of your obedience to your husband. You listen to your husband, Allah Ta'ala has forgiven your father. So here also, Fatima radiallahu anhu gives this money in the part of Allah Ta'ala. Six dirhams in the part of Allah. Hazrat Ali radiallahu anhu hadn't even changed his posture when a man came, in, came there selling his camel. So Ali radiallahu anhu asked him, how much is your camel? She says, he said 140 dirhams. So Ali radiallahu anhu said, okay, give me the camel, 140, I'll buy it from you and I'll pay you a little, a little bit while later. He tied the camel and he went. Another man came past and he asked, who does the camel belong to? Ali radiallahu says, my camel. And said, I want to buy it. He said, oh, no, no problem. How much? Ali radiallahu said, 200 dirhams. The man said, I'm buying it. 
He gave him the 200 dirhams and he took the camel. Ali radiallahu goes to the other person, gives him 140 dirhams, and then he comes back with 60 dirhams to his wife. Fatima radiallahu anha seeing this here, she gave six dirhams. What is this? Ali radiallahu says, this is what Allah has promised us. You give, you do one good action, Allah will give you ten, tenfold. Uh, this was the yaqeen which he had in the promises of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant myself also this yaqeen and conviction in the promises of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And these qualities uh, which were found in Fatima radiallahu anha. And then what her children became. Subhanallah. How many children did Fatima radiallahu anha have? Uh, most people only know two children. Fatima radiallahu anha, six children she had. And three sons, three daughters. Three sons was Hassan, Hussein, and Muhsin. And the three daughters she had, Ruqayya, Umekulthum, and Zainab. She named her three daughters after her three sisters, Ruqayya, Umekulthum, and Zainab. So this was, uh, and, and how she brought up her children, eventually, uh, Hassan and Hussein, radiallahu anhu, through them, the progeny of Fatima, radiallahu anha, Allah gave so much of barakah and blessings. Still today, you get the Sayyid family throughout the world. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given blessings and she was the woman of the, the queen of Jannah she, she stayed within her home she was obedient to her husband she brought up her children outwardly it seemed like a very boring life a very dreary life, nothing great but she was an example for the woman till the day of Qiyamah her mother also and Fatima radiallahu anha also may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make, make us follow in the footsteps of these wonderful examples for us these lofty models remember life is short life in this world is for a few days, then we have to go and stand up before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The closer we will come to the lives of the noble wives of Rasulullah, the noble daughters of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa so much goodness Allah will give us in our lives, so much of blessings Allah ta'ala will give us in our lives. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it such that we read, we should actually try to find out the incidents, the biographies of the Azwaj Mutara, the wives of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa and the pious women of the past. The more we will read about them, inshallah, then we will get this conviction in our heart that we must become like them. And we must not become influenced by the people around us and the people who are trying to take us away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the path of shaitan. That when shaitan, he took a custom and an oath, I will turn people away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How Allah created human beings, I will change it completely. A man will want to become like a woman. A woman will want to, want to become like a man. A woman will want to take on the functions of a man. The man wants to take on the functions of a woman. This was all the qasam, the oath which was taken by shaitan to destroy human beings. And today, unfortunately, how many of us are following into it? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect and save us, understand our role as Muslims. Uh, great Allah has given us great responsibilities. And, uh, and our example and our role models are not the people of this dunya and the people who are living and running after the things of this world. Our role models are these women who are the people of Jannah, the people who sacrificed, the people who had prepared... Uh, who had made, uh, uh, who, who had the quality of servitude, the, those who gave preference to the akhirat over this uh, dunya. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst them. Wa akhiru da'wana. And alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. We have left one kitab also, uh, some wazifa kitabs. Inshallah, those sisters who will make amal and read, read them, then we humbly request them to take. And don't, don't just take for the sake of taking. A person will practice, inshallah, morning and evening duas, which we have learned from the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and uh, certain intentions a person must make. So this is in the wazifa kitab. So inshallah those who will practice, or they know others who will practice upon it, inshallah we should try to. Uh, then we take the kitab and we benefit. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq.
If any of the sisters would like to ask questions, they can visit slido.com and enter the code, or they can scan the barcode, and Mulana will, inshallah, answer the question anonymously. Uh, one question was asked here. What way can sisters obtain as much regular reminders as men? Is there a different way sisters can gain as much benefit as men despite not visiting the masjid? As we had mentioned, subhanAllah, in the life of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, women have got amazing qualities within them that they, their hearts are much more softer than men. Hazrat Mawlana Ashwari Tanvi rahmatullahi said, he said a woman will listen to one bayan and this will change a whole thinking and a whole ideology. He said women have got amazing qualities within them. And on the other hand, men, it takes them much longer. That's why in Jamaat also women go, one chilla is sufficient to change their whole lives, whereas men have to go four months and every year 40 days, whereas women, a small amount of time is needed for them. So there is not so much of need for them for advice, but definitely we should have ta'aleem at home. This, inshallah, has a very great effect. The Quran also says, Keep reminding one another in your houses, O Azwaj Mutahharat. And then uh, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi made it such for the women folk once a week, we have a special program for them. So there is not, uh, for the women folk, much less they have to listen to compared to the men. And then inshallah will get the same amount of benefit. So despite not visiting the masjid, as we had mentioned, that the Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned to that as well, uh, to the, that sahabia, that uh, she, she said we cannot visit the masjid as much as the men. We cannot take so much of benefit. Nabi Islam said, no, you stay in your homes, look after your, your family. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you the same reward or even greater reward compared to what the men are getting by doing all of the qurbani and sacrifice. So this is the easy way is through ta'aleem. And then today, alhamdulillah, it's very easy through the um, live streaming, etc. We can listen to those programs, inshallah, we can take the full benefit. A second question was asked. Uh, I have taken bed with a sheikh of a Naqshbandi silsila. However, his action, interaction with woman was against Sharia, so I left. Uh, which tariqah and sheikh should we join that we can trust in this age? Uh, can Muraqabah progress without a sheikh? A person can progress without a sheikh. It's, it's quite possible. But obviously it's a bit easier with a sheikh. Uh, he guides a person. And there are many, many mashaykh. We cannot say any person. We should try to find out. There are, there are many mashaykh who are mashallah, very particular. Uh, because having a sheikh is based on munasabat, compatibility. So we cannot say a certain person, each person who you listen to his bayans and you are get affected by him, this person is the one who you have got the most amount of compatibility with him. And in today's time, it is ideal actually if the, if the woman doesn't write directly to a sheikh, but she uses a husband as an intermediary, or if the sheikh allows, then you write to his wife. So then there's no fear of fitna and evil. Otherwise, unfortunately, there are many, many incidents of people and what and what fit, uh, evils they get in, involved in. So... Uh, without a sheikh also if a person reads the kitabs of Imam Ghazali Hazrat Tanmi Rahmatullahi inshallah will get great great benefit but as I mentioned when you've got a spiritual doctor you progress much further and a person gets much more benefit my family my husband does earning and I take care of the kids but when I tell him uh, I need help with parenting he doesn't listen uh, this is uh, the the actual Khidmat of the woman folk is to take care of the kids and obviously she will get tired but maybe we'll have to explain to our husband the sunnah tariqah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa also helped in the housework he helped and assisted but it wasn't the main today unfortunately many people say 
that uh, look, the men have to work in the house. This is the main function. It's not the main function, but definitely we should encourage them. Looking at the akhlaq of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi how he would help in the, in the, in the, at home. So if one simple way is we have ta'alim in our homes, and whatever the wife wants to tell the husband, through ta'alim, example, read about the life of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi and the akhlaq and character which he had. And in this way, inshallah, in a beautiful way, we will be putting it forward. Or sometimes when the husband is in a good mood, then we sit down and tell him, uh, my husband, I need help and assistance. I find it difficult. So in a nice way, we bring forward the, and not as a, as a nagging way or forcing the way. Together with that, dua also. Uh, we make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is the one who is the control of the hearts. Uh, what time should exactly should we do morning and evening duas? Uh, anytime. After around Fajr and Isha time, after Maghrib Salah, anytime, a person can do it. There's no problem at all. Nowadays, there is a trend of stylish burqas, pardas, and hijab. What is the Islamic take on that? Is the maqsad wearing a burqa or having haya and modesty? This also had mentioned it. Did we mention it yesterday? I think I mentioned it in New York. That this is a completely against the object of the hijab. The object of the hijab is to cover oneself. In your homes, wear the most smart, smartest of clothing for your husband within Islamic. Uh, the parameters, ideally is for to a woman to wear also dresses. Today, there are so many people wearing t-shirts, wearing jeans in their homes, and unfortunately, we're getting incidents, cases, where a youngster says, I'm getting turned on by my own mother. A, 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 a person comes and says, my own sister is turning me on. I'm getting desires by looking at my own sister. The kind of clothing, whereas the ulama say that the clothing we wear in our homes also should have haya. Haya is not only for outside, because we are in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at all times. So therefore, uh, even at home, have an amount of haya. We can wear nice clothing, beautiful clothing also. So when our husband comes home, he looks at us in that beautiful clothing, no problem at all. Uh, but also it should, should have a level of haya. And when we leave our homes, Hazrat Umar actually said tafilat. We must go out in a bit of a grimy way. I don't know if it will be difficult for the woman to digest that in today's time. But actually the object of the cloak was to conceal. And the enemies are so clever, today they have got branded names of cloaks. Now the woman looks so pretty in the cloak, that you get a 70-year-old lady wearing such a smart cloak that a man, a young 20-year-old man is looking at her and he's thinking, I must go for a proposal for her. She's, maybe she's a 18-year-old girl, but she's a 70-year-old dadima. So this is unfortunately one fitna that uh, the ulama write that the object of clothing, there are three, uh, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, there will be three, some people of Jahannam. They haven't come as yet, but they will come closer to Qiyama. They will be wearing clothing and they'll be naked. And ulama say, what does it mean wearing clothing but naked? One is they won't be covering their body completely. The legs will be open, the arms will be open. Second level is they'll be wearing clothing, but it'll be see-through clothing. Sometimes the scarf also is see-through, people can see. And the last thing they've mentioned is that the clothing must not be so tight-fitting on the body that a person can see the, the contours of the body. The legs are showing, the arms are showing, you can see exactly the whole body, especially when a person leaves the home. So the only object of, of hijab is, is defeated. So this is the, the actual object of wearing the burqa is haya and modesty. The next question, what would be the briefest but most effective advice you can give on parenting our children? Uh, dates. Give your children dates. What dates means? The first one is D, dua. Make dua for your children every day. A, appreciation. Whatever little bit they're doing, appreciate their, their efforts. And also A can be attention. Give them attention. Uh, children, they need love. If we're not giving them love, they are going to get love from somewhere else. T, ta'alim. 
give them have ta'lim in our homes you know, daily inshallah this will definitely have an effect upon a person e an example we must be an example i'm not performing my salah and i'm telling my child you must perform salah if i'm wearing some funny clothing and i'm telling my daughter you must wear a hijab and cover yourself properly what example is that the child will look at us the the the, the actions have a greater effect than the, the words and the last one is s sadaqah a person must give sadaqah give charity and ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even if it's a little bit one kajur a day some bread and ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep our children protected sadaqah removes many balas and calamities in a person's life so inshallah we say give give your children dates these five things d a t e s inshallah by means of this we can bring our children uh, up in a correct way the famous dua of the quran also rabbana hab lana min azwajina wa dhurriyyatina qurrata ayuni waj'alna lil muttaqina imama nowadays it's better better to take the children to the masjid or stay home with them and teach as we used to do so before uh, what does that mean to take the children how small are the children is it boys or girls normally nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said at the age of 7 we should start teaching our children to perform salah at the age of 10 we should make sure they are performing salah so the age of 10 ulama say if they are understanding then we take them to the masjid but before that the ideal is actually for them to stay at home and and to teach them and to make the tarbiyat at home that is the best place for the child please make dua that my son overcomes his mental health issues allah subhanahu wa taala make it easy inshallah the mother's duas we will make dua the mother's duas readily accepted imam bukhari rahmatullahi his mother made so much of dua for him he was born blind allah subhanahu wa taala removed the blindness of his eyes and allah opened up the eyes of the of the heart and he became the greatest imam of hadith so the mother must continue make dua inshallah we will also make dua i have two kids one with special needs but i want more kids my husband is scared of having more kids because of my second child she does we should actually encourage our husband that allah subhanahu wa taala has given us this is a gift the child who's got the sickness is not a liability he's actually our our gift of jannah uh, he will be help us and assist us so in this way we should try to encourage our husband also that uh, don't don't be have fear put our trust in allah subhanahu wa taala may allah taala make it easy what is the recommendation for a woman going in jamaat how should she go what are the goals the goals of going out in jamaat is to bring deen into a person's life to have the fikr of deen and to bring the woman closer to the house on ahmed latsab one of the elders of tabligh and dawud he mentioned that the object of, of of jamaat of the woman going out is for them to become more to stay in their houses because the quran sharif says waqarna fi buyutikunna so to make fikr on other women also but to bring more qualities of haya and shame within ourselves so the actual object of women going out in jamaat is to bring more deen into a person's life can you explain the hadith about how the hijab is supposed to be worn yeah that the ru'us hunna ka asminatil bukht that's actually in today's time we see that the women they've got the high their hair is put up and it actually looks like a camel's hump so this is completely incorrect the the hair should be kept down how it is normally tied uh kept long wise so that it uh, must not show when she is wearing a scarf uh, this is a is a fashion unfortunately and this is the wording of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam so we should not wear our hair in such a style uh, lifting up our buns etc so that uh, a person is not attracted towards that woman uh, what are the harms of letting children and teens scroll the internet and letting them watch cartoons and and movies subhanallah there's how, so much of harm in them watching these cartoons many of them have got many satanic uh messages behind them and what are the halal alternatives in today's time is a lot of time we need quality time with our children 
and the halal alternatives is, for example, ta'aleem, uh, letting them do activities outside the house, uh, like a bit of sporting events, we go with them, let them play, and something which they, they must use their mind. And the minute we are giving them the phone and we are letting them watch all of these things, mentally also we are causing great harm to them. And we read up ourselves on the harms of the cartoons and all of these things, many of these games, they've got so many satanic messages behind them. We are actually destroying our own children. We try to, the hardest to our ability that we, uh, we look for, there are many halal alternatives. Reading of books also, today it has become like a, a dead thing. But we teach them, create a love of reading in them. Inshallah, when a person gets a love of reading books, he won't turn to all of these things. May Allah make it easy also. I want to marry, but I'm having difficulty finding a job. Please make dua. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy. Read the dua. Rabbi inni lima anzalta ilayya min khairin faqir. Rabbi inni lima anzalta ilayya min khairin faqir. According to the teachings of our kawir, is it okay for women to drive out of necessity? Uh, I'm not a mufti, so rather people ask the muftis, but generally our kawir were not for women driving. Uh, and some of them are of the view that if there is a great necessity, then instead of women walking, then it's better for them to drive. But generally, our like I, I'm speaking from our Darul Ifta, uh, our Mufti Sahib is of the view that women should not drive. To follow up on a previous question, how do we do ta'alim in the home with our kids? Can you provide an example? No, take some kitab in the house, Fazail Amal, or the upbringing of children, or stories of Sahaba, or stories of the pious people. And we sit together, let the children also read. It'll create a shock and desire within them or have certain turns for our children 10-15 minutes a day have a certain time if we even better we can make a little bit of dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then make uh, a dua the whole family together inshallah this will create a lot of barakat and blessings a lot of love in the house and it will be like a teamwork and the child will also feel when he's reading we're encouraging him he'll feel happy he will try tell him prepare the, the, the lesson before so he gets even more opportunity to read it and this way inshallah uh, we can do ta'alim in our homes. We don't have to confine ourselves. The best kitab is fazail amal Many people's lives have changed. fazail sadaqat it removes the love of dunya from our homes, from our hearts. So read about this, read about akhirat, etc. So read all of these kitabs. Take out 15, 20, 15 minutes a day. Make a little bit dua, dhikr. And inshallah, in this way, we build up uh, the... One is the quality time where our children will be spent. And the others, inshallah, deen will come into their lives. If the head is covered with the hijab, can the chest be, uh, be exposed? Does the hijab have to be long enough to cover the front and back of the body? What the hijab means, the burqa? Okay, the, actually the ideal, which was found in the past, was actually the burqa. And this is the ideal, that the, because the Quran Sharif also says, that the khimar has become over, actually the, the chest should be covered. So this is the ideal, where a woman covers her uh, using the burqa and our elders also they encourage that as far as possible we should try to use the burqa and not just the hijab the covering of our head but it should come down and this was the way actually of the, of the pious people of the past even in the time of sahaba they used to have a cloth from the head coming right down which actually would go right down so this is actually the, the ideal uh, at what age should we introduce calves for our young girls uh, Alhamdulillah, we from from the age our child was born, my daughter was born, we put on a scarf for her. So from a young age, the the hair is covered. Uh, there's no problem at all. Our Sheikh Mohammed Abdul Hamid Sab, Taun Barakatum says, he says today on how sad it is, a three-month-old child you put on a clothing of a Christian and a Jew, people say, oh, so cute, so cute. But the same child you put on a kurta for him, or you put on a, a cloak for the small baby, and you cover her hair, 
People say, you're making your daddy mouth, so you're making your nanny mouth already. She's so small. But from a young age, if she got the quality and she's wearing this kind of clothing, inshallah, this will remain throughout her life. So at a, at a young age, we introduce scarves for our young girls, make sure their legs are covered. They don't have to leave, have their legs open. This, inshallah, will remain with them throughout their lives. What are some good things a pregnant woman can do to have a righteous, pious child? The main thing is dua. And the more tilawat of Quran Sharif we can do while uh, we are expecting, this has a very great effect on the child. There was one person, this lady used to read 10 paras of Quran Sharif a day, or 15 paras of Quran Sharif every day. When the child, at the age of 8 or so, he became Hafiz of Quran. And these qualities, they come and rub off into a child and try to, as far as possible, to abstain from using the cell phone too much when a woman is expecting. There is a kitab, the upbringing of children. Uh, it's in English, the upbringing of children. Uh, I think you know it's on our website also, Spiritual Light. Uh, and they've got it's a, it's a whole kitab written by a very great alim, Mona Kamru Zaman Sab, Rahmatullah, and he's translated this kitab from the Arabic language. And it's got very, very beautiful advices. It's a detailed kitab, about three, four hundred pages. We'll read that kitab, inshallah, a bringing of children. And we'll find that he's mentioned all the things how, uh, what a woman can do to have righteous and pious children. The children cannot read, write, understand, or comprehend till the age of three, four, five. Does that mean that tarbiyat starts then? Or does it start when the child is in the womb? They say the, the tarbiyat of the child starts when the mother was born. That's when the child is in the womb. When the mother was born, that's the time when the tarbiyat of the child starts. So what qualities the mother has got in her, that's going to definitely affect the child. When the child is in the womb of the mother, obviously whatever she's doing, it has an effect on the child. Don't wait until the age of three, four, and five. Whatever the child is hearing, when he's born, the first thing we are taught, give adhan in the right ear, iqama in the left ear. This has an effect on the child. The first, they say the child learns within the first six months or nine months, whatever voices he's hearing around him, this becomes the language of his life. If he has Arabic, that becomes the language of his life. So it shows what an effect the first few months of a child's, when a child is born, it has in, for the rest of his life. So at that time, my, you know what you call it, my son-in-law's father, he was saying for his children, Alhamdulillah, all of them, they became hafizes at young ages and very good hafizes they are. So they, when the child was born, then every day, at least one part of Quran is read to the child. On the radio, they put on the one part of Quran and the child listens to that Quran. And every day the part is repeated for maybe one week or two weeks. Then the next part is put on, the next part is put on. So the child is getting used to listening to the Quran Sharif. So if we cannot practically and physically read ourselves, put on the radio and let the child listen to some Quran Karim, this inshallah will have a great effect on the, on the child. Is one, two, uh, inshallah, last, last questions. Uh, inshallah, we'll solve the questions now. Uh, what can, amal can be do, done to create matrimonial harmony? This is uh, through dua. A lot of dua, Rabbana hablana min izwajina wa dhurriyatina qurrata ayun wa ja'alla lil muttaqina imama. And if we, in our house we have ta'alim, many people have found there was problems. Uh, Alhamdulillah, through ta'alim, Allah Ta'ala removes many conditions. Sadaqah also will give and uh, the more we will bring deen into our lives inshallah and shaitan leaves our homes the more they will, Allah will create muhabbat because Allah, Allah is the one who creates love between husband and, and wife how to resolve mother-in-law, sister-in-law, daughter-in-law issues uh, we have prepared a kitab it's called Adabul Mu'asharat uh, etiquettes of social uh, so social etiquettes in there is a whole chapter on mother-in-law daughter-in-law and sister-in-law 
So inshallah, we try to read it from the kitab. It's also on our uh, spiritual light uh, website. And uh, the main thing is, fulfill the right of the other. Whether you're the mother-in-law, fulfill the right of the daughter-in-law. If the daughter-in-law, fulfill the right of the other person. And ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for your rights. On the day of Qiyamah, Allah will not ask you, did the other person fulfill their rights? Allah will ask you, did you fulfill your rights? Uh, did you fulfill whatever was upon you? The more we will try to do that, inshallah, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us goodness in our life. Uh, what is something that I can do, daily decide for peace and for protection? Inshallah, the kitabs which are given out there, they've got many of these du'as for peace and protection. Uh, the wazifa kitabs, yeah, some of them are short, but the very easy one is three quls. Morning and evening. This is one of the greatest du'as. Please advise few scholars' books that one should read at home for lives of Sahaba and lives of the Anbiya alayhi salam, the wives and daughters. Uh, if you go to the Ta'alim uh, Uswatul Muslima, Uswatul Muslima website, it is one of the best websites in South Africa from Darul Mispingo. Mashallah, they've got very beautiful articles, very beautiful kitabs. For regarding the, the, the for the women folk, many stories they've got there with beautiful lessons. Uswatul Muslima. And the greatest kitabs we read of our elders, Hazrat Mulana Ashawali Tanvi Rahmatullah, Hazrat Shaykhul Hadith Mullah Muhammad Zakaria Rahmatullah, his Hayatul Sahaba, the Kitab Hayatul Sahaba, the life of the Sahaba, and regarding the lives of the Anbiya, there is one kitab, it's called Kisasul Anbiya, I don't know, it's in English, the stories of the Anbiya, we try to read that kitab, inshallah. Uh, okay, I want to start my child to start his. This is how hard to enroll them in a madrasa. As he is uh, waiting less in good places and testing. Maybe the child, we can start the child hives at home. Once the child gets in the habit of, normally in the beginning, first few paras takes quite a while. We start the child ourselves at home, let the child learn, and inshallah, as, and then we, we, we enroll from that time. So even if one year later, two years later, the child goes to a madrasa, they're already on the way. Very quickly, they finish the hives and they do not become tired. Uh, I would like my son to become Alim G. There's no specific dua, but we can read this dua, Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa zurriyatina qurrata ayun waj'alla alil muttaqina imama. And uh, ta'alim also, inshallah, and if we can try to make him sit in the company of some pious person or go out in jamaat, inshallah, this many people's lives have changed and many people have got the shock and desire of becoming ulama when they went out in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant myself and all of us tawfiq. وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد وأصحابه وبارك وسلم ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من القاسرين اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع المتقين مع الإيمان اللهم استعملنا بسنته وتوفنا على ملته وجعلنا من حزبه ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة عين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما اللهم زدنا ولا تنقصنا وأكرمنا ولا تهنا وعطنا ولا تحرمنا وأثرنا ولا تؤثر علينا ورضنا ورضى عنا اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك من نبيك وحبيبك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذ منه نبيك وحبيبك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وأنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون سلام على المرسلين والحمد لله